2: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy.
1: Fall guy. the poster said, See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right
2: now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
0: Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto: Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25 year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number
1: one decking brand. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all wheel drive. You're listening to the Run Home with Kimbo
0: and the Roach. Just after 4.30, Kimbo on the rooch with you on a Tuesday afternoon. The run home, thanks to Balfour's, no matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. So close, but so far on the weekend. Port Adelaide going down by two points to St Kilda. Some would say controversially. So why not go to the person that should know to find out if it was a goal or not, Rooch, Gemma Houghton joins us now. Hello, Gemma.
3: Hello, how are
0: you? <laughs> not bad. Uh, did you kick the winning goal?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: no, I, yeah, look, I, I'll probably, um, I, I, do, I will admit I celebrated because I thought it went in, um, but as, as we've seen, the AFLW posted out um, that they reviewed it and um, the umpire sort of was, um, yeah, he was happy with his um, confirmation of, of a point and, um, yeah, we just have to trust at the end of the day that, um, yeah, the AFL have done the right thing.
0: Uh, did you have any teammates that were really close by that had a definitive opinion?
3: Um, it was interesting, yeah. The the footage obviously showed even girls on the goal line celebrating, and um, and yeah, it looked, it looked like a goal. But I think, you know, we probably put, you know there were probably other things that the game came down to yeah. as well. Um, you know, there is tight situations where sometimes you are winning, um, you know, very close to the sign or even on the sign. So I think we just have have to be a bit better in. Making sure that we're not putting ourselves in those positions, yeah. and when we do get up, we're holding on to that um, lead point. when we have it. Beautiful
0: answer. and I'm sure there's not one AFLW player in the competition, roots that would celebrate a goal just to
2: influence the
0: goal umpire. <laughs> <Hey>? <laughs> no,
2: no, you're quite, you're quite right. No, Andy. I'm not. <laughs> now, Gemma, it's been an, well, yeah. it's been a difficult start for you, hasn't it, because of the syndesmosis that put you out mm. for a fair while, but. What's your feel of your decision to move from Fremantle to Port Adelaide? How do you reflect on it at the moment?
3: Yeah, um, I guess, you know, I um, it's, it's my out of the seven seasons, it's the first time I've ever had to have surgery. So, um yeah. it was it was new for me and um, you know, two games in I sort of felt like I had a really good pre season and um, you know, was and even up in, until um, before round one I was set on my decision and I felt comfortable with the move and felt like I'd made the, made the right one. It was just unfortunate with the injury um, that, it, that it happened. But, um, it's, you know, t- to be back out there with the girls um, in such a short amount of time with recovery is mm. um, a credit to the club and, and all those involved to get me back out there on the track.
2: So you've been, let's put it this way, lucky enough to see two inaugural programs begin. You began at Fremantle in 2017. Now you're a start-up with Port. Is there a comparison with how both clubs have gone about setting up their AFLW programs? How do you feel about Fremantle v Port in that aspect?
3: Yeah, I think um, you know it, it was probably a difficult situation for um, Fremantle and any other club that was starting up in the first year because no one sort of knew what to expect, and um, you know we were all in it together in terms of it being the first time of AFLW and um, riding that wave together, whereas. Um, you know, and I love my time at Frio over the six seasons. We had some really, um, you know, times where we struggled to, in the first few seasons, to get a win. And from 2019 onwards, we played finals. So, um, you know, I, I enjoyed that time with Fremantle and, um, built some amazing friendships that will last forever, um, at that club. But, um, I think the the really good thing with Port Adelaide is that they've had you know the the six seasons to watch other other teams and how they've gone about it in the competition and really um, prepare well for us. So I, I think in such a short amount of time, with the sh- the season being shorter and um, obviously the quick turnaround with the season, um, the club have done an amazing job to bring us together, build that connection with a brand new bunch of players all coming together. Um, so I think they will definitely prepare and sort of different situations, even though it's a inaugural year for yeah. us in the competition.
2: Gemma, I'd love your feedback on this one. Port went out of its way to stress that they wanted women to lead their football program in the AFLW. So you've got Juliet Haslam, Rachel Sporn, Naomi Maidman and Lauren Arnell, the first AFLW player to become a coach. What, what does that mean to you as a player, that you've got an AFLW program with, with women who have had successful sporting careers running your campaign?
3: yeah it's it's incredible and and they're amazing um in individuals in what they've achieved with their sporting um you know achievements along their journey but also um you know as genuine caring people and we've really felt that um you know all of us girls have really felt that love from them and that support from them and um you know it's just it's because normally as players you you lean on each other you know in those hard times and when you're trying to find your feet in different areas but Um, you know, they've all experienced similar things, um, you know, being a female athlete in a professional environment. So the inside knowledge and, um, you know, the care and connection that they've built with us, um, and like you said, them leading that way for us um, has really helped this program shine. And I know, you know, our... our, um, reflection of our season with the one win and one draw doesn't actually reflect Mm. um, where we've come from as a group.
0: Definitely. There's been some really good signs. Before we get into round 10, the last game of the season, on a lighter note, how are you finding living in South Australia?
3: Well, it's definitely warming up now, so I'm enjoying it a little bit. (laughs) Um, It was definitely different, you know, coming over again. The season changed from from the summer, um, the last six seasons to this time of year so it's definitely been colder for me but I've loved it over here um you know I've I've been fortunate enough um to have family fly over and and watch some games here and be a part of you know the incredible um Port Port Adelaide army with you know never tear apart (laughs) you know the home game experiences um I've, I've seen nothing like it so um, I've loved it and not only the club and the players, I feel like the Port Adelaide, Adelaide community have really welcomed me in and um, I feel like I've been here forever.
0: Yeah, mm. it's the best uh, pre-match entertainment out in footy, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Alright, last game of the year, it's a home game at Albert and Oval It gets underway on Sunday against the Bombers, it's a very winnable way to finish.
3: Yeah, absolutely and um, yeah, we we are at home and we've got that massive advantage and we've got one of the best um, support support base in the competition, I think. So to be at home and, um, you know, I know that the Army, Port Adelaide Army are going to get behind us no matter what and um, hopefully we can finish this season with a win.
2: Gemma, you were described by your teammates or one of your teammates as the most approachable player in Port Adelaide's squad. I'm intrigued as to how you've found Erin Phillips, particularly the way she's gone about her football this year.
3: Yeah, absolutely. She's um, she's someone that I, I myself find very approachable. Even when I was at Port Adelaide, uh, sorry, not Port Adelaide, at uh, Fremantle and she was at Crows, um, we would often speak, um, you know, over Instagram or after games when we'd verse each other. And um, she's someone that I've definitely learnt from watching her in the competition and now mm-hmm. being um, under her as our captain, I've just learnt so much from her. And she's uh, she does have a bit of... Um, uh, Humour as well, so she yeah. likes to crack the jokes, and uh, yeah, she's definitely um, yeah someone that I look <laughs> up to.
2: Have you have you seen a change in the way she plays from that dominating AFLW player who set the trend from 2017 to probably the most selfless player you could see on a field at the moment?
3: Oh, absolutely, and you and you see that just in her performance on the weekend. Um, I thought she played an amazing game. Yeah. She, she went into the ruck for us. Uh, I think she took about three or four one-handed marks. Hmm. Um, and you sort of have to quickly snap out of it when you're watching her cuz you're in awe of just how she goes about the game and um her leadership and what she brings you know it's it's a, it's an insight that i haven't seen before mm. um you know being under her now and watching her leadership and how she goes about her pre-game rituals and her performance um so yeah she's she's definitely um you know got amazing form still and um yeah i hope she definitely uh Shows that again this weekend. No doubt. Well,
0: Gemma, there's been some really positive signs this season. There hasn't been a lot of Ws, but let's hope you finish with one this Sunday. The game gets underway at one ten at the Alberton Oval. Let's hope there's a massive crowd there. We thank you for your time and wish you all the best on Sunday.
3: No way. Thank you, both.
2: And open training as well. Oh yes, well done, Rich. I forgot um, that. Lauren Arnell is very keen to get the fans involved. What time? Closed training seat. Five forty-five start, I believe. This Thursday. Thursday. Get down there and support. We should rush down.
0: How quickly we could get there, Rich? We might miss five minutes. Uh, How quick has that season gone? That ten
2: weeks. You blinked and it's done. Yeah. Now now the interesting thing is, Kim. What's it look like in season eight? Do we still have ten games? I know it's a big I, debate, this. I know I, 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 it's got to pay its way. It has to be way. 17. Yeah, it's a, an interesting little trigger that Nicole Livingston has to eventually flick. Interesting times.
0: Uh, we are live from Studio Lumo, SA. We'll do a, two tw- a T20 World Cup update. Thanks to Host Plus. That's a plus. A little later on, this is Kimba on the Roots. If you want to get involved, send us a text 0427
1: 154 166. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home
0: with Kimbo and The Roots. I'm of the holy grail. 4.50, we're live from Studio Lumo USA. Just had a good chat to Gemma Houghton and uh, Louis sent through a text. Congratulations on 50 games, Gemma. That was yes. remiss of us not to say it. That was uh, last week, Roots. A lot of the girls now getting up to the 50-game mark.
2: Which, in a 7-10-game to 10 game season, equates pretty well to a, almost 150 in the men's game, yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Uh, Rooch,
0: um, they say self-praise is no praise. I say it's still praise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Steve the Kangaroo sent through a uh, text. I didn't get to read it out the other day, but uh, I'm going to. because It's nice to get nice ones. He said, you guys are great to listen to. The fairest media going around. Well done and thank you, Steve the Kangaroo. Went considering eight months ago he put a contract on our lives because we were talking about the possibility of North Melbourne going to Tasmania. Yeah,
2: people don't like us to deliver bad news, but we're only the messengers of what's going on.
0: Exactly. And it proved that that chatter was in full stride, wasn't it, at yes, the time? Yes,
2: and it was still interesting where that whole Tasmania debate goes, but pretty well affirming that... No one's going to accept a relocated team, are they? Tazi no, no. wants its own. Yeah, it'll be interesting where that debate finishes.
0: So we won't wax lyrical just for the hell of it. We know it's upsetting to people that barrack for the kangaroos. Um, and we're yeah, sorry, yeah.
2: Steve, but Jason Horn Francis did come home. Yeah, he's probably happy with that
0: now. Uh, you'll be able to guess where this next text comes through. Afternoon, boys. We are so blessed that the Port Adelaide Football Club to have gained the services of our very much loved. Gemma, mm. I've spoken to her on numerous occasions, and she is just delightful, approachable, and is all in at our club. I just absolutely adore her. Keep up the great work, Gem. We love you. That's from... Annie. Annie, yes. yes. She loves her girls. She loves her boys as well. Uh, talking of uh, young men, Joshua Shelley had a chat. I'm interested in this now. This was last night he spoke. And... Um, He said this is what he's... Because he had those groin problems, Rooch, late last year. They were quite debilitating. So he spoke about what his post-season has been like.
4: I kind of stayed down in Adelaide after the season for a good few weeks, um, just trying to get my hip 100%. Um, That that was the the niggling issues this year with my hip flexor. So I stayed there for a little bit. um, And then, yeah, I hadn't been home in in months, so it was really good just to come home and and catch up with with my big um, family and um, a lot of my mates.
0: Now, uh, Hazy played these grabs on the uh, Brecky show, which you can hear from 6 to 8.30, Monday to Friday, doing a great job, old Chompers-Haze. But it's worth hearing. We haven't heard a lot from Josh Rochelle. He was also posed the question about the potential to play in the midfield.
4: Yeah, definitely. That's something um, I'll be looking to kind of achieve. Um, No rush at all. I think that's where my my craft is, is up for the ball. but. I did get some experiences this year rolling in, from, um, in some CBs, which was, mm. which is exciting, um, combining with our really young midfield in, in Sanbury and, and Schoenberg. Um, and then we've still got Letty and, and Crouchy rolling through there. So that's definitely something which I'll uh, be trying to, to go through next year, of course. Specialist
2: forward v forward who goes into the midfield. Which is he? No, he's specialist
0: forward still okay. that goes into the midfield. But I think we'll see, and it was interesting talking to Stixie Phillips, I think we'll see a lot more Isaac Rankin in the midfield. Yeah, that'll be interesting. You don't pay that much if you're not expecting midfield minutes. Mm, I know they did with Eddie at the time with the 500,000. A lot of people thought that was a lot. Um, I know we've got a long wait, but I'm really looking forward to how all the different sides line up.
2: We should go through it again. I wouldn't mind Matt Rendell actually doing it tomorrow, even telling us after we've gone through the trade period, do your top eight in terms of just the rankings of the list, not a, where he's they're going to fit. He did
0: that. He did that on uh, SEN in Melbourne. Interesting to read that. Uh, and I was having a look at um, – you've got to get through that. I know it's a hypothetical. You base oh, it on just, everyone being fit. Yeah,
2: well, that's it. Which, which list looks the strongest at the moment? Yeah, you're right. You're going to get injuries, which then is going to test your depth, which then is important about having a good, strong list.
0: Joshua Shelley, last one on him, and he did get a bit of extra attention after his marvellous debut in his early form, but he spoke about that extra attention
4: a few conversations with the older boys, um, like Tex, and just being able to understand when you've got someone playing close on you now, when you've got a bit of attention. Um, there was a few times there, um, where I've kind of probably, um, cracked it a little bit and didn't really know what to do when I've had a lot of close attention. Um, I think that just comes with experience and, and more games and, and fitness as well. Being able to just show my strengths, if that's, um, that's my running power, or that's my, um, that's my speed, um, so being able to utilise that for the next uh, couple of years.
0: So they've got to get the inside 50s and get the opportunities, but I think a lot of people are really excited about what Adelaide can produce with their forward setup. and uh, I think we're comfortable that Tex will continue his form. I mean, his last two years have been really good. The end can come quickly. We thought yes. that happened three years ago, but he is looking really good, so it's an exciting time. I, uh, the. Match review for the AFLW, anything that's caught to hey, what happened
2: the other week when you were so hot on a Brisbane player didn't I, even get sighted?
0: I was absolutely staggered by that. It's it's split. Um
2: wasn't even listed as something Chelsea. they'd looked
0: at. I know, and they showed a slow-mo replay. of. And, and you know I'm really lenient with that type of stuff. I don't like people getting rubbed out unless it's really bad, but I was staggered by it because it was a forearm twice into the face. Anyway, mm. nothing happened, Rich. Well,
2: what? no bans this week, but... Yaki Yorston at Port Adelaide does get a reprimand for careless contact with an umpire. There you are. You do have those moments where you bump into an umpire, Mm -hmm. but at least you just got a reprimand rather than a fine because a fine's pretty tough in that league where... You're not being paid big money.
0: Yeah, it's normally around the $400 mark, isn't yeah, it? So no-one's no, no one's been rubbed out for a while. They seem to be all fines. So the girls have been be- behaving themselves. Uh, I mentioned before, T20 World Cup update. Thanks to Host Plus. That's a plus. Uh, the big one gets underway at 9.30 tonight. Uh, we're live and interactive. So uh, send us a, a text, which is 0427 154 166. We spoke to Bharat Sundarasan yesterday, a cricket god, and... Um, <laughs> uh, right. but uh, well, Ricky Ponting feels very, feels very strongly about Cam Green coming into the side. Um, Aaron Finch says the side should stay as it is. You can have your say on it because if we don't get it right tonight. We are well and truly in the fertiliser. And
2: their run rate's got to pick up as well.
0: Uh, here's one that you may be able to answer, Roots, that's just come through um, from Rick. What is happening with the ownership of Adelaide United? Does Ross oh. Pellegra own the team or is it still under the old ownership? I thought this was supposed to have been transferred last year. There is a definite need for a change and more money being spent on the side. Roach, do you Great know anything question. here?
2: I'll make some calls overnight. But, well, yeah, that's that's been an interesting debate for some time, uh, that but very w- private ownership that existed Yeah. Well. The Bumplot chairmanship.
0: Bumplot Benny. Uh, we have a lot of fun with Bumplot Benny. Groaned then. He groaned. Yeah, he's growing. He still can't grow a beard.
2: No, I said he groaned.
0: He groaned. No, well, he produces all the soccer all around Australia with our coverage on SEN. So I looked there, but he shook his head, as in you no know, update in that mm. regard. But we can chase that up, and we can get someone from the club on Nick uh, Rick. So we'll we'll try and do that. Uh,
2: How did you feel when United kept secret? who were the owners, when it fell out of that... I thought um, it was weird.
0: I don't know why you wouldn't have transparency with something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was
2: bewildered by it myself.
0: Oh, here's a fact check. Thank you. We weren't sure. We're blaming Benny for that. Rochelle's on with Kane and Gary oh, uh, this morning. So that's mornings Breakfast, with Kane yeah. and Gary. Um, thank you for that. Well, I hope he has a uh, great year, Roach. Yeah, so have your say if you want. Are, are you happy? How would you tip, uh, pick... Tonight's team to take on your favourite nation route, which is, Sri Lanka.
2: Say that, again. Sri Lanka. Oh come on, that's we've about milked that. Sri Lanka. There you are. We've milked that enough. And the about idiot. Sri Lanka. Why do you say Shira?
0: I don't know. Just a habit. Have one more go. I'm padding till the news. Sri Lanka. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> about Sri Lanka. I'll keep butchering it. You're doing it deliberately. yeah. Just say. <laughs> Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh I can't. Believe. I could do salon. Oh, well, that was my first Rudy poem I ever learnt at school. The girls salon? in salon oh, walk no, around with no, no, nothing no, on, no. wriggling through the no, grass. No. Mate, you can't go there. It's four fifty nine. Looking forward to our next chat. Former soccer, Roo and Sydney FC star Alex Brosk coming up after the five o'clock news. Two minutes past five. Kimbo on the reach with you. Just remember, tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive. We love them. We're live from Studio Lumo S.A., And uh, I formed a bromance on Sunday watching the Sydney FC game against Adelaide, especially after the red card fiasco, when our next guest said this.
5: Look, it's, for me, one of the worst red card decisions I've ever seen. I, I, I don't see that there's any intent there. I think, for me, the VAR should have called Daniel Elder there to the sideline to have a look to see if it was as bad as what he originally thought.
0: Alex Brosk is part of SEN and Channel 10's A-League coverage. He represented Australia on 21 occasions and he joins us now and he was damn spot on. Alex, thank you for your time.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. No problem. Look, I thought initially after I said it, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, but then I went back and watched it and it was a terrible decision. And look, the fact that it's been overturned now shows that... um, It was very much the wrong one.
0: Alex, just to explain, and I'm not a disciple of the world game, but I was watching, I went to the rule book, I listened listened to what everyone was saying, I looked on social media and I thought, how could anyone get it so wrong? Why didn't they go upstairs straight away to check it out?
5: Well, they did. That's the thing. So the the surprising part about it is that, because you understand the referee on the field, you know, in the heat of all the action, missing it or, or maybe seeing it a different way. But the VAR is actually the one who didn't overturn the decision or didn't call the ref to the sideline to have a look so he, he thought it was a um you know it was a red card and that's the surprising part you know i the rule has been brought in to try and stop you know dangerous tackles on creative players now where that came from is beyond me to start with because there hasn't been a, a surge in creative player injuries over the last mm. couple of years to even bring that rule in and all they're doing is just Basically, I mean, they may as well just say to stop slide tackling because yeah. that's all that was. It was a good, clean slide tackle. He barely clipped the the Sydney player on the way through and it was given a straight red. So, I, I, honestly, I, I think personally that the guys are just over-policing that rule. They, they, the rules come in and they're just over-policing uh, it at the moment. And it's uh, gone
0: way too far. Alex, I come from an Aussie rules background, but I watched it back that many times. The Sydney FC player actually slightly deviated uh, to draw mm. the touch So can you not be penalised for staging?
5: <laughs> well, look, he gets clipped, right? So there's, there's nothing against the Sydney player for having gone down. But in that situation, if it's a 50 50 where both players have a legitimate chance at winning the ball and you slide in, you sort of run that risk of picking up a yellow card if you mistime it or you get it wrong. Yep. But this one was so far in favour of the Adelaide player. He got mm-hmm. the ball that, it, that it's almost on the Sydney player to get out of the way at that point, you know? Um, and he, he didn't do it. He got clipped, but again, it's um, it's just this over policing of the the new rule that. Um, needs to change because you know there is a there is a hardness to football that we love you know it's the big tackles it's the sliding tackles and in taking that away I mean who knows where the game goes if uh, if they keep making decisions like
2: that. Okay Alex let's unpack that everything comes out of this so three weeks in after the advice that was given to the referees and told to the coaches that those sort of tackles would be looked at and carded is there a need for a correction? And Or have they dug themselves in a massive hole that they can't get out of it this time?
5: No, I don't I don't think so. I think, look, it's, like I said, I just feel like with the rule, I understand why it's in place. You don't want your creative yeah. players getting, getting hurt. But each one, for me personally, I would put a football player, an ex-football player in the VAR room. Because, I mean, 99.9% of the country, let alone ex-footballers, would have told you that that was not a red card, not even yeah. a foul, probably. So... How the VAR got it wrong, it just, they're opening up the rule book, they're looking to the letter of the law, yet, yeah, well, he slid in, his studs were showing, and he gets him, so that's an automatic red card. There's no, there's no feel to the game, there's no understanding um, that I think former players have, um, you know, that can, that can help in, in situations like that.
2: So we brought VAR in, we use technology in so many sports to get the right decisions. The technology can only give you the information, you're right, you're going to have to have someone there who assesses it. Is VAR a success or a fail?
5: I think, look, I think it's a fail. And I'm one who actually thinks that it's there for good and and really uh, was open to the fact that it was coming in. I, I think VAR, when you look across the league, there's a lot less, um, you know, blatant errors, which is great. But the fact that there are still some, it, when you have the luxury of, you know, multiple angles, multiple replays, they shouldn't be making... Those big mistakes, you know, the fifty-fifty ones. That's why there's that rule about the the obvious error. If there's no obvious error, then they don't really interfere because the referee's made a decision and they stand with it, and that's fine. Because football, like all sports, there there are elements to it that, um, are, 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 you know, everybody interprets different, everybody sees a little bit different, everyone has a different opinion on it. So there are there are elements that should be left to the referee's decision, but. When you have VAR, you should not be making big, obvious mistakes like this.
0: So will will he be punished in any shape or form, the person that was doing the VAR?
5: I don't know if if that's the best thing, to be honest. I think it's just reassessing that rule and just getting them to to be a little bit more relaxed on it. That's that's all it is, you know, because obviously they've been told that that was a red card. So it's come from higher up than than the poor guy in the VAR room who made that decision. So I, I just think... With the uproar that this has caused, I think the referees in general and the league in general just need to look at it and say, right, we're over-policing this way too much. We're taking any tackles out of football. It's becoming a bit of a joke. Let's just wind back a little bit. And that's it. For me, that's it. If they just let the tackle start... But, that, but this, we'll
2: wasn't, this wasn't even a tackle. This is playing the ball and then continuing to slide. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah, a
5: tackle. The fact that he slid, no. <laughs>
0: hey, uh, Alex, you're a very fair and reasonable man, uh, and we believe you've just come off the pitch. You've just played in a charity game. Is that right?
5: I have. Uh, it's um, the John Moriarty charity, actually, and uh, John Moriarty Foundation, and, and they, they hosted a... Uh, um, a day for um, you know, a lot of people to come and play a tournament. Um, and honestly, I haven't kicked the ball in about three years. Mm. And I've just got bags of ice all <laughs> over me at
0: the moment. <laughs> I was going to ask, you 39 years of age now. How have you pulled up? Uh, obviously, you've just answered that. Hey, uh, <laughs> Early days, uh, how's the season looking? Oh, and- no, no, can I just come
2: yeah. back to this, this situation that was on Sunday? Okay, it's, it's great news for Adelaide United that they do not lose a player this week. But surely at some point, if it's the VAR is failing and they go down to 10 men in a pretty critical game, there's got to be a system in place, like in so many other sports, where you can challenge on the spot. They should That's have had bad. the right That's to challenge bad. that red card on the spot, saying, well, yeah. we want this Well, the, this the VAR thing is, who, who do you again?
5: challenge to? Who do you well, challenge that
2: to? The VAR is there for that purpose. Yeah, right? but surely the referee is called to have a look at it again. Ah... <sighs> By the letter
5: of the law, it seems as though they got it right. A sliding tackle, the studs were showing, and he gets the player. But it's just, like I said, it's just being interpreted very um, Yeah, but I'll accept, I'll
2: accept I mean. the referee, position-wise, might have seen it that way. Studs up and sees it. Oh, I've got to deal with this because I've been told to deal with it. But like you, I, and everyone else who went and saw the video goes, no, that's not what's happened there. This is not a tackle. This is playing the ball and then continuing to slide, and there's contact played with the Sydney player. He surely has to be called to have a look at the video again. And if the VAR is not going to ask him to call to that point, surely the Adelaide United bench has a challenge point where they say, we want the referee to look at this again. Not the VAR ref, but the match day referee to look at it.
5: And to be honest, there may have been a different outcome because I think if the referee had seen it, then he may have overturned his decision. But again, I mean, if all referees across the league have been told that that's a red card... And every single one of them think it's a red card. It doesn't matter how many refs you've got in the room or or, or where you're going or even if the ref came
2: to the sideline. If they all have the same opinion. I'll accept red card on a tackle, but that wasn't a tackle. So he needs to see that again. He needs to see that again, surely.
5: He he definitely does. But look, that's, like I said, it's um, just the way they've been told to police things at the moment uh, and those types of challenges. Uh, which is wrong. Which
0: Let's is change pace really a little wrong. bit. Adelaide mm. United did well to walk away with the draw. They play their first home game this week against Perth. It gets underway at 2.30. You can hear the coverage on uh, SEN with Domi Ronaldo and Travis Dodd. How do you see that one unfolding?
5: Well, look, I think Adelaide, after what happened, um, you know, the fact that they're going home to play for their first, for the first time this season, look, I think there'll be a great Pine Marsh crowd as well. The people down in Adelaide love getting uh, behind their team. And first game of the A-League, the team's been sort of... Um, look, not, not doing great, but it's been difficult, three three games away from home to start, so a huge crowd in Adelaide. I'm, I'm expecting Adelaide to win that one.
2: And World Cup-wise, what are you thinking of the Socceroos this time? <laughs>
5: um, look, anything we do over there, to be honest, with the group that we have, yeah. um, will be great. You know, I think it's going to be difficult, but look, the boys have surprised us already. You know, a lot of people, uh, myself included, didn't think we'd get past
1: yeah. Peru,
5: and, and yeah. they went and shocked everybody, so Look, I think um, Arnie's uh, hopefully got a bag, few bags of tricks uh, up your sleeve and, and we can get some points and, and uh, you know, give the country something to
2: cheer on. So, Alex, we're on the grander debate of what we've got underneath the Socceroos. Are we, are we getting that right?
5: Um, look, I think at the moment there's, we're, we're sort of seeing a lot of young kids starting to go overseas, and I think that's yeah. the problem. Over the last few years, we haven't had that. Um, you know, since that amazing team, you know, with Lucas Neal, Vince Corella, Bresciano, Cahill since this, this generation it 's sort of just slowly been declining, um, and that 's because we 're not getting enough one opportunities for youngsters to play in the a league there 's not many there 's not as many as we 'd like and then from that you know getting moves overseas to be playing in the best leagues in the world so mm. we 're starting to see now a few young boys get uh, get big moves um, in, in Europe, so hopefully by next world cup we 'll uh, be in a much better position
2: well Alex, when we 're giving debuts to thirty plus Strikers, you might still be called up again at 39. Well, not with all the ice packs. After today, after today, I don't know about it. <laughs> We're going to let
0: you to go because we know you're in pain. One last one yeah. to finish on you. <laughs> you represented Australia 21 times, the most memorable game. Uh, probably,
5: probably, you know what, one down in Melbourne, actually, where I scored a couple of goals. It was a World Cup qualifier against Saudi Arabia, the last game of the group, and... Um, It was a rainy night in Melbourne, and I I scored a couple of goals there. We won four or five-two, I think, and uh, uh, that that was probably one of the highest, just because of the guys I was playing with as well. The guys I mentioned before, Harry Kuehl, Tim Mm. Cahill, Grillo, Bresciano, this generation of players that we had, to be out there on the pitch with them um, was excellent. And then to score a couple of goals in a win as well, it was perfect.
0: Great memories. Alex, we appreciate your time, and we love the work you're doing on SEN and Channel 10. Thank you once again. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Alex Broski's a good chat. Yes. Very much so. Got well, we, that 100% well, right, didn't he, Roach?
2: Yes, but we have a problem because, like he's saying, if the referees are being told to issue red cards for such moments and then the VAR is not correcting them, we're going to get a mess more mm. and more.
0: Uh, we've got a clarification here. Steve the Kangaroo so got in touch with us. Might have got ahead of ourselves, Roach. Good afternoon, Kimbo. And you, Roach. That comment about us being the fairest people on radio was for your reporting of the Hawthorne Report. I find that you're not the kangaroo court, pardon the pun, of other <laughs> media. <laughs> Very good. Steve the kangaroo, love your work. Thank you, Steve. We love
1: you too. We're taking a break. We're nearly done for another day. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home
0: with Kimbo and The Roach. 19. Almost done for another day. We're here thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. And tech driver Hyundai, Tucson, Turbo, Diesel, all wind, War, wheel drive. They are ripping cars. That text uh, you
2: got earlier. About yeah, that Mateus was. Filippo.
0: Uh, Matt from Brizzy, you want me to revisit this? Yeah. It said, Any chance the Crows will move up in the draft using future pick to get Filippo? He's uh, exactly what they need. Also, why is he not father
2: son? Okay, let's do the first one. So, the can you put it the buzz on the wire of what will happen in the draft, it's mm. all very speculative, is that Essendon is really keen. They've got pick number four. So Adelaide would then need to deal with Greater Western Sydney, North Melbourne, who have got picks one, two, and three. Can you see Adelaide in any way getting picks one, two, or three out of those I clubs? think it's really difficult that to would be deal with hard. three clubs, yeah. Uh, GWS is not giving up one, and Adelaide wouldn't be able to get one out of them, surely. Nope. North Melbourne's got two and three. You might argue for three to get in front of Essendon to get Filippo, but they're going to be a hard sell after what they did to get two and three. So too difficult, I would imagine. The other one, father-son. So Sam Filippo played 106 games with the Eagles, 44 for the Port Adelaide Magpies, 150. But the problem is he doesn't get those 200 qualification for Port Adelaide as a father-son. Didn't play them all before 1997, so he doesn't get there as a father-son pick. But it he, he would have been interesting if it had been 100 games. It mm. would have been very interesting then.
0: There you go, Matty. Hopefully we've answered that one. Hey, we broke the news, or we'll spoke about it earlier, that Robert Harvey has gone back to the Saints as an assistant coach. Mm. So that means his coaching tenure, counting St Kilda now, was uh, previously was at the Hawks, Collingwood, Saints and Carlton. Uh, he chatted to Andy and Gazy only moments ago about when the job offer first came.
6: No, it was really late um, and i think obviously this this whole um this whole situation's come up pretty late in the um afl sort of world in the we 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 back at Hawthorne next week so right? it's it came up it came up really late so um yeah i i didn't touch base with ross until sort of late last week um and that's where it all unfolded so obviously
1: he was working really
6: hard um uh, or you know pretty fast to be honest to try and get stuff together um so yeah it was pretty whirlwind um you know it was pretty tough decision also when it's that late in the piece and you've got other other you know places that you're supposed to be so that was that was difficult but um just felt like that was the right time for me
0: so Hawthorne looking for an assistant coach now at the uh last minute uh he was also asked the question what it was like working with Ross in the past.
3: Oh
6: look! I really enjoyed working with Ross the first time. That was a long time ago. Now it was in 2011 as a co- as a coach, yep. and I obviously had him in the last two years as a player. So um, I thoroughly enjoyed the pro- the whole process. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be you know going back. No. And um, yeah, you know, like I I, um, I just think he'll be you know like an even better version of. Clearly, he's got principles that he's gonna, he's going to be um, that, that he stands for, and that's that's the, that's what makes him so good and um and obviously then he's he's rounding off some all well, in his own words he's he's, come, he's 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 coming in with some um additions and um improvements that he feels he can make so that can only make him better a better version of a coach and that's what we're aiming for and I know what he wants and he's put that on the agenda and that's that's to to succeed and we all, we all um, come in as a group and try and push together t- as, a, as a coaching group and players to, to achieve that. That's what it's about. So um, I'm looking forward to, to getting, you know, the hands dirty and it'll be hard work and um, that's a good thing and we're looking forward to that.
2: When we played that grab earlier of Ross Lyons, I so was going to speak to Corey Enright, who's mm. one of the assistant coaches who remains at St Kilda, and Dennis Carroll was the other one, wasn't it, who's the coach player development want to hear how they want to play the game. So Ross is putting that on the agenda here first from the coaches who have been there. I think it's just fascinating as to what we see of St Kilda in the first six weeks of next year. Because we have a perception of Ross Lyon, don't we? We
0: do. do. And uh, from a media point of view, it's going to be very entertaining because we're going to get something nearly every week, whether he tries to or not. Hey, just quickly, we're about to wrap it up. I think Mm. we've got a minute to go. Uh, Robert Harvey, I absolutely adored watching him play football. Yes. Does he not get the accolades as in one of the greatest being a dual Brownlow medal? Most dual Brownlow medalists we talk about as being the greats. Or, or do I just not hear it as much? Or is it because he's from another era now?
1: No,
2: he should be admired. Mm. Classic but do you player. put him up
0: there as one of the greats?
2: Yeah, if I, th- I we talk about, yeah,
0: We talk about other Brownlee medalists that have won multiple point. ones, like Bobby Skilton. You know,
2: I've got a, a Malcolm Blight quote echoing in the back of my mind about <laughs> yeah, the number God. of possessions he kept getting at half-back, which I think was a bit harsh. But I understand what Malcolm was saying. Yeah, it's a good point you make.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's a classical player. Yeah, absolute running machine yeah. and, a, and a ball magnet. Uh, We got through the show quite well today and Matt Crouch was only mentioned once. I forgot to tell you. Did you mention him? Uh, No, no, it came up Josh Rochelle mentioned him.
2: Uh, Oh, Oh, thank
0: goodness it wasn't us. uh, We've got to go. We're out of time. I'll tell you about it tomorrow.
2: Good night, everyone.